and it's about time for true crime hi hi hey how are you good i'm so excited how are you oh you know just living the dream love it whose dream i don't know that's a good question ask me again later <laughs> it's not mine no uh, <laughs> except this is so I, I actually am living my dream right now we're having a good night this is the highlight of my week yes happy tuesday everybody or whatever day that you're listening to this on either good morning good day good evening happy true crime podcast time are you listening in the morning if you're listening what are you doing Allie and i are like Makeup, skincare girlies. I'll listen on my drives, places. Like, I don't know. Do you guys do anything different? Does Oh, does anybody listen to this while they work out? I cannot really listen to a podcast while working out. I can't either, but I'll be honest with you. Something about listening to true crime while I'm like lifting weights or running is like, okay, you got to bulk up just in case. You got to make sure you can outrun them. Like... <laughs> See, the weird thing is, is I can listen to true crime when I go for a walk, but uh, the further away I get from my house, the more I'm like, it's time to turn around now. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to go that far. When I first got really into my favorite murder it was during the pandemic and I would go for walks like every day. And at some point I was like, I really got to stop listening to this out like on a nature trail in the middle of nowhere, like Midwest. Yep, get out of the woods. <sighs> yeah, stay the fuck out of the woods. So, But you guys have to let us know because we ask this periodically, I guess. Yeah. Do you listen? Are you at work? Ooh, are we naughty. like, are we going to work with you? Are we in the shower with you, you perv? Ooh, I didn't consent to that. Are you getting ready in the morning? Because that's what I'm doing. I am listening to a true crime podcast every morning. Hell yes. Um, Or... I'm driving to a hike, but I won't listen to it on the hike anymore. <laughs> well, good. Yeah. We love growth. We learn. But how are you guys doing? How's your week? How's that weird coworker? Mine's in my kitchen. And I smell fucking delightful. Thanks. You so. do, actually. So we'll take <laughs> it. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm really excited for today, though. I'll be honest, because normally I have no idea what we're talking about. And I still don't know what we're talking about today. But I do know that it's going to be a really sick two-parter. Yes. I always give Abby a heads up if I'm taking up like multiple episodes to tell her a case because I'm like, girl, buckle up. And I am buckled. I've been buckled. I am so ready for this ride to freaking start. Well, then we should just get into it. Okay. I'm down. So skippers, stop skipping. Skippers, you Podcast time. Pod's on. Thank you. (laughs) Hi, hello, and welcome back to your favorite true crime podcast. Aw, you guys. Thank you oh so very much for tuning in we love you and we're booping your cute little noses boop, 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 boop. this is your reminder to please keep your hands arms feet and legs inside the podcast at all times because this case especially is one of the bumpiest rides we've ever gone on Ooh. today we are talking about the life and crimes of jerry brudos Oomst. commonly referred to as the shoe fetish slayer oh my god okay yes not the dogs (laughs) in the late 1960s jerry brudos committed some of what i would say are the most bizarre murders that we have ever talked about on this podcast but i'd probably say like ever okay and for jerry it wasn't about the process or the method of the killing he was like the epitome of a product killer 
Oh, okay. The killing was a means to an end, right? Right. If he he had to kill someone, sure, to get what he wanted. But ultimately, what he wanted the most was, like, the most submissive woman possible. Oh. Which was a dead woman. Yeah. Now, his crimes ultimately claimed the lives of at least four confirmed young women, although there are theories of at least 12 people going missing. But he has admitted to four of them. Oh, my. That's a lot. Little heads up. This series is going to include discussion of abuse, Uh sex, violence, rape, necrophilia, dismemberment, sexual fetishes, murder. You name it, we're talking about it today. Okay. So if these things are not for you, that is very much okay. Sit this one out. We've got plenty more other episodes for you to listen to, but you got to take care of yourself because this is quite crazy. In fact, we have almost a hundred other episodes for you to listen to. Yes. Fun little plug because we do have something exciting for episode 100, but you're going to have to stay tuned to find out, you crazy people. But for those of you sticking around who are going to get through this with us, hi. Hey. Thanks for being here. Well, I'm here, so I could definitely use the company. So Yes. Well, I also want to remind you guys to download, share, tell a friend, Follow, tell a family member, rate, review, subscribe, repost something on Instagram, all that good stuff. Thank you. And if you're going to rate us like five stars, sounds really good. But I'm just saying that's just my opinion. And I'm that's like a whole hand. It's just a handful. I'm completely and wholeheartedly biased. So yes, agreed, agreed. But um, but it does mean more than, you know, and it really encourages us to keep doing this. It really does. You can find all of that stuff down below in the link tree. So that's really easy. So today, we're mm-hmm. talking about the disgusting, vile pig shit, Ooh, Jerry Brudos. Now, many of you actually know his name because you watched Mindhunters in 2019. Ah. I think it came out in like 2016 or 2017, but I think it really hit its stride, like the beginning of the pandemic. It was yep. like Tiger King and Mindhunters because everyone was like, oh, it's just two weeks. I'll kill two weeks watching this stuff. Yeah. And then it was <clears throat> two years. But anyway. Mm-hmm. A lot of us started watching it then. I know I did. And the actor that actually played Jerry Brudos did an excellent job. Okay. Did you not watch Mindhunters? No. Oh, my God. (laughs) Okay, so this is all new to you. So for you guys listening, y'all know what I'm talking about. That show was expertly casted. I mean, every single person in the show that played some kind of offender looked and acted and just took on the mannerisms of those offenders. It was incredible the way they did it that's wild maybe i do have to watch it you absolutely do i honestly i watched it a second time and i just fast forwarded through all the stuff about like the main characters because i could give a shit what their storyline was i'm like get to the serial killers but anyway Mm. that's my issue but you will remember that jerry brudos was the one who used a stiletto as like a bargaining chip and he wouldn't talk to them unless he got a high heel and when he got the high heel well he had a very good time with it oh no to put it um gently but obviously the crimes that jerry brudos committed were not committed recently we're talking late 1960s 1968 to 69 exactly especially when he was caught the reason that many people during that time didn't actually hear of jerry brudos and his bizarre crimes is actually kind of interesting it's because the manson family murders happened at this exact same time Oh, it's one of those. 
Yes. So okay. he w- it was it kind of like eclipsed that, right? Because it was yeah. so sensationalized and the the beautiful, famous, pregnant Sharon Tate was murdered and and it was her picture and it was all of them that were sort of highlighted so much less than what Jerry Brudos really got at that time. Right. And it's it's a shame because both are horrendous, it sounds like. And I mean, either way, murder is horrendous. So Yeah, but the other reason why Jerry Brudos wasn't talked about that much is because some of what he did just quite literally wasn't printable at the time. Okay. I mean, he was talked about as like this, the shoe fetish slayer, which is incredibly hard to say. If you try saying that 10 times fast, you can't. Shoe fetish slayer. Shoe sh- fetish. Right? It's like, it's like trying to say toy boat boop, 10 boop. times fast. You can't. Yeah. Doesn't happen. But anyway, it wasn't printable. I think we're a little bit better, or I say better... We're more willing, maybe even too willing mm-hmm. as a society today to talk about the very explicit graphic things. Everything. Yeah. But in the 50s, 60s, 70s, that was not the case. And while it was kind of talked about that he liked shoes, what he did with the shoes wasn't described. And honestly, all of the other disgusting things that he did weren't talked about either because you couldn't print it. Now, some of it was because police were, when they were investigating, playing things close to the vest, right? Right, always. Keeping some information to themselves so they can cross-reference it if they get a suspect. But a lot of it was just, you couldn't say it. (laughs) You didn't even want to whisper it, let alone print it. Right. So this information was just not getting out. A very brief shout-out to our sources here. Again, there's a lot more than what I'm about to say, but they're all listed in the description. Should you want to take a peek? But I used the Crime Library, mm-hmm. New York Daily News, Grunge.com, That Oregon Life, Biography.com, my handy dandy DSM-5, <laughs> an episode of Necronomapod. <laughs> no, it's Necronomapod. Necronomapod. It's the most bizarre name of a podcast, but I... All right. It was like a, about an hour about Jerry Brudos. Nice. And it, I liked it. Nice. Um, I also looked at CNN, and of course, there's many more, but you know they're all linked below, so you just take a little gander if you want. But let's get into Jerry Brudos. Yes. He was born Jerome Henry Brudos. Okay, Jerome. January 31st, 1939, to parents Henry and Eileen Brudos. Okay. Now, Henry Brudos, Papa Bear there, he was described (laughs) as a very gruff man with a temper whose work history was, like, patchy at best. The family had to move around a lot because he struggled to hold down a job. And I know that times were tough then regardless, but they were kind of moving all up and down sort of the West Coast in there. Okay. Now, they started in South Dakota because that's where Jerry was born, but they ended up in California and then they relocated back to Oregon. Okay. And I have heard like 10 different ways that people say Oregon. I'm going to say Oregon. Some people say Oregon. You know, the... um. North Pacific West. Yeah, there. That yeah. place. Mm-hmm. Oregon. Oregano. I don't know. I'm just going to say Origami? Is that correct? right? Yeah, sure. Okay. Someone's going to tell us just how wrong we are. But I'm going <laughs> to say Oregon, just so you know. Now, Jerry was the youngest of two children. He had an older brother, Larry, who was the apple of his parents' eyes. Love. But when Eileen became pregnant again, she was not thrilled. She hadn't really been keen on the idea of having another child at all, but she kind of came around when she considered the possibility that she'd have a little girl. Okay. And when Eileen gave birth, 
and of course she did not have a little girl um she was expecting this beautiful cherub-faced angelic daughter and then it turned out to be jerry brudos so eileen was upset and then she was resentful because she didn't get the daughter she yearned for she had another son and she already had a son so what'd she need a son for oh my gosh yes so growing up jerry was the victim of his parents abuse both physically and emotionally eileen had not accepted her second child she really didn't even want one and she definitely didn't want a son so she made him suffer for that she would berate him over like the smallest of things and she would belittle him in front of people Mm -hmm. and the way that jerry was treated by his mom was not reserved for behind closed doors this blatant distaste for her son was on full display for everybody to see which was a completely stark contrast to how she treated her firstborn what the hell dude she doted on him she actually showed him love and affection but then when it was time for jerry there was just nothing left in the cup and i think that's kind of worse because you know that she's capable of it she's capable of showing that love and affection she has those feelings it's not that she's without them entirely it's that she's choosing not to show them to you it's not like Teresa Knorr who just like could give a fuck about any of her kids at all right and like was seriously ill in that way this woman had her favorite child she had no use for the other one and also um you can't control the sex of your baby so like if you get pregnant ideally you're like be down for either you know i think all that should be on your mind is that you want a healthy child yeah and the rest is the rest that's it a healthy baby that's it that's all but nope eileen was like i want a daughter in fact to punish jerry she dressed him up in dresses and skirts and things like that and had him serve her and her friends like it was cute or funny or something Ugh! don't put your kid on display that's gross and when jerry was in his toddler years he was a pretty typical kid i mean he was as average as average could be he wasn't anything special by any means and that was a good thing but by no fault of his own he quite literally couldn't be what his mom wanted him to be right so it was like in the very fabric of his personality there's just this like thread of self-loathing yeah like every where he turns there's just something wrong with him inadequacy yeah he felt unworthy he felt unloved he was hypercritical and like severely self-conscious and he resented his mom for resenting him but he loved her because it was his mom and he wanted to be loved by her because he was her son little guy it was when he began puberty that the line between violence and sexuality became non-existent oh my Even though his father, Henry, was a dickbag and offered (laughs) no love or affection to his children, he did steer clear of interfering with how his wife treated their kids. Okay. So even though he was an ass, he was an ass, but he was also afraid of his wife. Okay. So he just stepped aside and said, yep, you do that. You do you, boo. So Jerry was Owen, too, in the parent category. So the two people who were supposed to love and protect him did neither. And while I was researching this case, I had this recurring vision of the Powerpuff Girls intro. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm a 90s kid at heart. These late 90s, early 2000s cartoons. I'm going to reference these a lot because this is just what it brought me back to. But when I think of Jerry Brudos and when I was researching this, I just kept thinking of how he was molded into the monster he was like the Powerpuff Girls. But if all the ingredients were like rancid and infected. Yeah. It's not sugar, spice, and everything nice. It's like self-hatred, abuse, mommy issues, a dash of murderous rage. 
Oh. Some spoonfuls of entitlement. Cute little helping of necrophilia. And then maybe you throw in like some stained thongs from the thrift store. Ew. Oh, yeah. And a subscription to Feet Finder. Oh. And then you mix all of that in a cauldron on high heat. And then you have your very own Jerry Brudos. And then Jerry Brudos arises from yep. the steam. That is so terrifying. But he is the blueprint for a serial killer. And he is the very definition of escalation. Each time he acted on impulse, he just pushed the line further and further until he committed the ultimate crime. And it's so it's so disheartening too, right? With kids like this, because you do feel bad for the kid. Mm -hmm. I feel awful for that kid. That kid didn't know better. But the man had every ability to start working on that and turn that table. Oh, we're going to get there too. Oh, fuck. Okay. So right now, Jerry is five years old. This is this is the age we're talking about. But these are formative years. But these yep. are when really pivotal events happen in his life. And that's a very young age for things that are character makers or breakers, right? Right. So he's five years old. He was playing in a nearby junkyard when he made a discovery. Okay. And that sentence alone is upsetting, right? A five-year-old playing in a junkyard? Yeah. Yeah. I mean... Yeah. How was playing there better than being at home? It makes you wonder just how bad it was in that house, right? Yep. And I know it was the early 1940s and American families had a bit more going on at that time. But my God, watch your kids. (laughs) Seriously. And one person's trash is another person's treasure, right? Always. While playing, he came across a pair of stiletto stiletto heels that somebody had discarded. Sure. And of all the trash in front of him, his eyes were glued to those shoes. Okay. So he played with them for a bit. Again, he's five. Yeah. And then he like trots on home all excited and brought them with him. And he Mm -hmm. goes into his bedroom and he puts them on because he's a little kid playing dress up. Right. And maybe that was all that this was ever going to be. Maybe it was all it would have been. But Jerry's mother saw him playing with them, and she knew that those shoes were not her shoes, and she berated him yet again, beat him, and then told him to bring them wherever the hell he got them. Like, go bring them back, drop them off, get them out of the house. She never wanted to see them again, and she made sure that he knew that. But being a kid, Jerry lied, and he said he did, but of course he kept them. Right. And then he's playing with them again, and then Eileen caught him. And we don't exactly know what his infatuation with the shoes, specifically high heels, was rooted in, but we know that it was some kind of sense of attraction. Right. At that age, it was probably not likely that it was sexual. Yeah. Any kind of like arousal, but it was something that made him feel good. Yeah. And Eileen just took them from him. Then she brought him outside and she made him watch as she burned them in front of him to teach him a lesson. What the fuck? And as they're burning, she's telling him how bad he is, how disgusting he is, and just being as cruel as she could be. That's so awful. Here, the one thing you've shown a really positive interest in. Fuck you. Also, not for nothing, but she didn't know he got him from a junkyard, so she was just going to burn some lady's shoes? Mm-hmm. Okay. So it was likely with this action, watching this happen... That he made the leap to sexual attraction toward the shoes. And it was also at this time where he was confused and abused. He loved his mom because she was his mom, but he hated the way that she treated him. Right. And this love mixed with hatred toward his mother was how he learned to feel toward all women. 
And so this was kind of the beginning of the end, and he's five years old. Oh, my God. So soon after that, Jerry's in elementary school, and he had a female teacher. And his teacher had kept a pair of heels under her desk in case she needed to go somewhere after work. She'd have something to change into. And Okay. Well, Jerry found them, and he became fixated on them. Like, couldn't yeah. look at anything else. So he grabbed them, and he tried to hide them somewhere else in the classroom. And, of course, another classmate saw it and told on him. And so the teacher has a sit down with him and really her focus is telling him stealing is not okay. Right. She doesn't know exactly why he's drawn to these shoes or whatever it is. But regardless, it's humiliating because he got caught. Right. And it again, for him, it wasn't the act of getting caught stealing, but it was this shame around the heels. Yeah. And his attraction the toward the shoes. Yeah. It was so much deeper to him than it was to the teacher. And it's like all the nasty things that his mom had been yelling at him and calling him for his whole life just ran through his mind. And he didn't even quite understand it all himself. Well, but yeah, the teacher didn't know how deep it went with him. She just was like, hey, taking things from people isn't right. Yeah. But getting caught in the act was another embarrassment for him. And I read some reports that he had just walked out of the classroom like he was way too embarrassed. He was just humiliated. Poor guy. And so at this point, we've got two experiences related to women's high heels with a woman older than him scolding him. Right. Where he now has felt humiliated and shameful. And he doesn't know what he's feeling is a sexual feeling or that it's a fetish yet, but he's on his way because he's getting a little bit older. So then just after this, Jerry made friends with an older woman in the neighborhood. Okay. The lady was more like a grandmother figure to him. She was really the, the only woman in his life at that time that showed him kindness or at the very least just wasn't mean to him right and to be not mean to jerry was like being the nicest you could be to him right and i want to specify because of obviously what he turns into later i don't think that there was anything unsavory going on here i don't think that he was abused i think that this woman just showed him kindness but you would think that the way he becomes that he would just have some severe just like abuse on top of abuse but fortunately this was not a relationship like that okay glad to hear it that's good i mean the kid had the bar on the floor for like how he expected to be treated or how he thought he could be and so he ended up spending a lot of time with her because it was better than anywhere else but then she was older she hadn't been taking good care of herself she felt ill so we couldn't go see her anymore and then shortly after he couldn't see her she passed away so Fear that's bear. his friend gone. Also, at this time, he made friends with a girl at school. Okay. He didn't have many friends. He was frumpy and big and weird and awkward, which wasn't exactly the recipe to the most popular kid in the world. No. But he did make friends with this girl in the class who was nice to him. But then she died that same year from tuberculosis, what? which was tragic. She yeah. was just a little kid. But to him, all he knows is the two friends that he had in the world are both gone. So he's angry at the world for taking them away because he had no one else. And this just fueled his anger and like strangely fueled his hatred toward women because they left him. Yeah. And later on in interviews, he recalls all of these things happening at once. Like they were all related. The heels, the attraction, the death of the older woman, the death of his friend. All of these things to him happened at the same time. So it was shameful, but full of grief and upsetting. But he had to hide it. But he was angry. But he was having feelings it was this very strange time for him oh guy 
So Jerry escalates again a little bit later when his parents had another family over the house. I think they came over for dinner. might have been a neighbor or something like that. But the family had a teenage daughter. Okay. And the daughter ended up like not feeling well or something. So she went upstairs to take a nap. And Jerry sneaks up there and like peeks in the room that she's sleeping in. And well, of course, she's already asleep, but she's wearing heels. Jerry. And he is now fixated on those heels. And he was pretty brazen. He tried to actually slip the shoes off of her feet as she's sleeping there. Jerry. But while he's trying, she woke up, she freaked out, and she yelled at him to get out because you wake up and this kid who's probably too old to do that is like trying to take something off of you that you're wearing. Whatever it is, you're just like, oh my God, get out. Yes. Do you know how, like roughly how old he was around this time? Probably like eight or nine. Okay. Holy cow. But not like four where like, you know how some kids walk around, they pick it up and then they they end up somewhere else and then they drop it off and then they pick something else up. And like, he wasn't at an age where it it was cutesy. Right. It was like he snuck in there. It's like annoying. Like, yeah, he was a little too old and she was like, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. But this was humiliating for him. But he tried. Right. Like This was his first time that he took it off of somebody right before he just happened upon them. Right. And he's like, oh, I'll sneak these away. But now they're being worn by somebody. Oh, my God. And he's gaining some confidence in this. Like, I want these. Yeah. I'm going to take them. And maybe he doesn't know how wrong it is at this time, but he's getting more forward. Yeah. He gets a lot more brazen. That's only a few years, too. Mm-hmm. Now, he might not have known that what he was doing was sexual. Maybe he didn't even feel those kinds of feelings yet. And I say yet for a reason, because he's going to. But he did have this longing and this attraction to it all that wasn't typical. And at that same time, I mean, in my opinion, this seems fairly innocent. Yeah. He's younger. Maybe he just wanted to look at them. How many times have you been around a younger kid that just kind of takes things? Yeah. Can I see that? Can I look at that? Do you have games on your phone? Do you have this? Do you have yeah. that? I mean, different time period there. But so I try to look at this like, no, I don't think he's malicious. Right. But he is gaining confidence. Everything he does is an escalation. Well, and it's interesting, too, because, you know, knowing that he played dress up with them and was just infatuated, like, here's someone wearing them. This is what they look like on her. What do they look like on me? What's different? Yeah, exactly. Especially if your mom is like dying for you to be a girl. Right. For you to be like, what does she have that I don't? I'm wearing the heels. What do you want from me? And I don't think at this age in particular, we could use this to say, oh, yes, we can predict where he's going to be. No. I I don't think that these behaviors are indicative of what he became. No, if anything, if I was going to call them a prediction of anything, which I struggle to do with most childhood things it would be like theft or larceny not anything more than that and the thing is here is that you know he's young and it's really hard to say what is a kid being a kid and what he'll grow out of and mature and what he won't but there are things later where it was absolutely clear where this was going yeah and it still went and the other thing i want to point out is with each thing we're going to talk about you will be able to see like the next step up if you look at this like a staircase and the top is murder Mm -hmm. each thing he does he's taking another step and another step and another step he does not go back down the stairs he only goes up the stairs okay 
So the next notable escalation took place when his family ended up moving again. So they moved to a new neighborhood and they moved in next to a family that had two teenage daughters and a younger son that was about Jerry's age. And yay for Jerry that he kind of made a friend. Woohoo! So the boys would play together and then eventually they started playing in each other's houses. You know, they'd play outside and then, oh, do you want to come over here and I'll go over there? And Jerry would go over their house. Well, when he'd go over their house, they were like, oh, what would be really funny then to mess around in the sisters' rooms? Mm. Now, they weren't home, but they would go in their rooms and, I mean, they'd take their clothes out and they'd rummage through the drawers and they'd try to make it look like somebody came in. I mean, I did that in my friend's brother's rooms and things like that. Like, pull a little prank, put sticky notes everywhere, that kind of thing. Right. But it was a little different because he'd rummage through their bra and underwear drawer okay and then take some of their clothes out and put them on okay and creepy Um, and violating sure but given their age i would have chalked it up to like boredom and curiosity probably right like you were talking about 90s to like early 2000s shows all i could think of is like freaky friday when the brother has a sister's bra on like jumping on her bed reading the diary like he won't even look at me Mm -hmm. like that just seems like normal annoying little brother shit yeah exactly but this is the first time that he's wearing women's clothing okay but he likes it oh jerry bear he'd never cross-dressed before but cross-dressing ends up being a huge part of jerry's thing and with the friend it might have just been easy for jerry to disguise it as a joke or a prank that it was funny and silly But the act of wearing their clothing solidified that this was a lifelong obsession. He knew in that moment, as a child, putting on his neighbor friend's sister's clothes, he was like, this is is what I want to do. Wow. And it started to become sexual. So then we have the next chapter in his life. Uh, This is also marked by, you guessed it, humiliation and shame forced upon him by his mother. Nice. Jerry said in later years that in his childhood, he did not pleasure himself Okay. often, but he did experience wet dreams. Yeah, that's normal. Frequently. Um, almost every single night. It was something a lot. that was atypical for sure, but his mom would see the stains in the bedding and just accost him for that too. Oh my God belittle him and making him associate this anger and shame and hatred with sex because it was so dirty and wrong and everything that she just humiliated him and honestly to even bring it up in the first place is humiliating yeah it's like sorry mom i woke up like this and then literally woke up i woke up like this harmless yeah like it was sorry (laughs) not for real but but seriously but she would be so awful to him and so it just mixed all of these feelings of he's like really embarrassed and humiliated and sad but like that's normal and i guess okay you know he's at the age for that but she'd see the stains and she wouldn't just like have him do his laundry she'd stand over him and make him hand wash his sheets while she yelled at him and this was something that he couldn't help no and he was just basically bullied for it at his home by his mom which is just so Freudy gross. And then it's like, clean it with a toothbrush. Like, ew, your toothbrush. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. So then he started to fantasize about killing his mom while she's yelling at him because he just wanted her to shut up. But it added this layer of violence and murder to what he already associated with sex, which wasn't 
healthy. Right. So then 10, 11 years old, he's playing outside and he dug a hole or a tunnel in the side of a hill because what the fuck else was there to do in the 50s in Oregon? Fair. But then he started to fantasize about trapping a girl in there and what the sound of her screams would sound like. And he escalated again. So now we're, you know, he's the fantasizing is getting worse. He's getting at that age where this is kind of starting to happen. And right. Then he started sneaking into homes and stealing clothing. Lots of panties, panties, bras, like any kind of what are typically like sexual items. Oh, gosh. Okay. He would also just snag them off the clothing line. Like if they had them drying, he would just take them. Imagine being like, oh, I'm doing my dishes. Where are my... Is that... I had a garter Jerry? Like (laughs) Brutus running... Is he sniffing that? Is he wearing my bra? But it would be this really odd thing where he probably knew well enough not to take like 10 from the same house or it'd be noticeable. Right. But he knew that he could just kind of like grab them and he would just take them. If they were like hanging from the clothesline or hanging out in the porch, he would just snag them. Right. No one had any ring or blink cameras. There was no simply safe. There's none of that. No one was catching on to it. If they were at work or whatever, I mean, hell, it was a free for all. It was just like at some point, hey, where did that bra go? But he made this leap from not only taking something when it's available to now seeking it out. Right. So now he's looking at the homes and finding where the bedroom is. And grabbing it, which is super violating. Yep. And also, I mean, incredibly uncomfortable if anybody ever found out who it was and how old they are. Mm-hmm. That's uncomfy, to say the least. So it's like he went up another step. Right. So now he's a teenager. Okay. Jerry was tall. He had red hair. He was overweight. He had terrible acne. He didn't have many friends And mostly he just went unnoticed. I wouldn't say that he was severely bullied in school, but like the wallflowerist wallflower. You didn't necessarily make fun of Jerry, but you didn't even friggin' notice he was even in the classroom to begin with. He was neglected again. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Just overlooked. Yep. And anytime anybody did see him, they weren't like, oh, he's cool. It wasn't positive attention. No. Yeah. So now he's 17. And he snuck into a teenage girl's bedroom and he stole some underwear. Oh, Jerry. Now, I want to say that she must have been a classmate or like a neighbor girl. I just I struggled to picture how he got there, how he got to her house in the first place. Right. It wasn't the next door neighbor, but it was someone that he apparently had access to or something like that. Right. Or had the ability to get close to or something. So he gets her underwear. The okay. next day, he goes to her house and he's like, listen, I'm an undercover cop. I know you wouldn't think it because I'm 17, but that's why they hired me because no one would think it. But I'm looking for whoever's been stealing lingerie. Can you come with me? Okay. And I mean, he's a teenager. Granted, he's a big teenager. I mean, he topped out at like six one, but an adult would never actually think he was a cop. Right. And she probably didn't either, but she went along with it. Maybe she knew him. Right. Right. So he had made sure that there was no one home at his house. He told her that she needed to go to his house, talk more about it. And she did. And so all of a sudden, a masked man, the same height and weight as Jerry, jumped out from a closet wielding a knife and ordered her to take her clothes off. Jerry. So he's in the house. He goes upstairs and he goes, yeah, come on up here. 
she goes up boom guy in a guy in a mask with a knife ordering her to get naked that's such a bad ruse anyway but but she was terrified well yeah because you're gonna yeah and she listened because she didn't know what else she could do so she did as he told her to and she's standing naked and he took photos of her ew that was what it was he took photos of her standing there and then he ran out of the room oh my god now this girl is beyond horrified yeah petrified she tries to quickly get her clothes back on and like run out of the house right but as she's going to leave in runs jerry without the mask ain't that convenient feigning being out of breath saying wow oh my god i was attacked by a man wearing a mask and he locked me who in the barn outside are you okay was that was that who hurt you too how did you get from upstairs to the fucking barn, Jerry? My thought, exactly. But not only that, how terrifying for her to know that it's the same person. Yeah. Pretending. Maskless. Like, that's almost worse than if it was a different person who did that. Yeah. abso fucking horrifying. Our regular listeners know that I like to take a beat when I can to imagine what an experience was like. Yes. And I'm not going to say put yourself in her shoes because... I'm not going to make that oh. pun. I know. But really think if you were her. Whether you believed his initial ploy that he was an undercover cop. I don't know. Maybe you just thought he was flirting or trying to be slick and you played along. You probably didn't think he was that dangerous. He was kind of a big kid, but he was nerdy and dorky and probably thought he was being slick. Right. And he just really wasn't slick. But for whatever reason, I mean, you felt comfortable going with him. You didn't think he was dangerous. You didn't think he was bad. You just thought he was kind of weird. Yeah. So then you go in the house and you get jump scared by the exact same person just wearing a mask. Yeah. Pretending to be an intruder. But they have a weapon on you. They have a knife at you and they're yelling Ugh. at you. And you've never seen the side of this person. You don't even really know this person, but you didn't think they were capable of it. And you definitely didn't think this was going to happen when you walked in. Right. So then you do undress in like the most self-conscious time of your life. Yeah. Probably standing there crying as you're getting photographed. And then he leaves and you're like, oh my God, I need to get the fuck out of here. Like you are absolutely terrified. And in he comes again without the mask, pretending to be out of breath, pretending to have been like kept away. Like he broke out of somewhere where he was being held captive. And oh my God, are you okay? She was beyond shocked, beyond scared. But when she left, she didn't tell anybody because he knew where she lived. He'd been in her home. And already threatened violence. And also, like, already took what he was going to take. Presumably. So after this, Jerry thinks... He got away with it. I mean, no cops came knocking on his door. Nothing happened. I think he probably thought she bought it. Oh, guy. Like, hey, I just put on this mask. And hell, I'm sure the mask was a hell of a lot better than looking at his face. Mm. But he thought this was a success. He's like, cool. And I got my pictures. And I got porn now. Again, definition of escalation. Okay. So we're taking it. That's another step. So he ramps up again. He offered to give a girl a ride home from school. Mm. She agreed. He had a car, whatever. But instead of bringing her home, he drove to an area where there was really nobody around. 
and he told her to get out of the car. Oh, gosh. And she did. He told her to take all her clothes off, but she fought back. She refused. Okay, queen. But he hadn't experienced that before. A girl hadn't told him no. I mean, a girl hasn't told him yes, but a girl hadn't yeah. told him no yet. And how dare she? So now he's just pissed and that rage and that hatred that he's already feeling for Ugh. women just bubbles up and he beat her up. He punched her in the face. He broke her nose. Oh, my gosh. And what saved her life was that another couple drove by and yeah. saw her in distress, saw her scared, saw her nose bleeding oh. and saw him and her both outside of the car. Good. So the couple stopped and oh, they interviewed. Good, 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 good. They weren't like, they look like they're having a bad day. Bye. They stopped. They intervened because good. they're both kids. I mean, they're, they're still, they're teenagers. Yeah. And Jerry told them that she had fallen out of the car. Oh my God, how could she How could she be so clumsy? She fell out of the car and broke her nose. I'm just trying to help her in the car again. Oh my gosh. And then he said, well, actually, um, like if you don't believe that, I have a better one for you. So actually, Ugh. this is what happened. So um, a different guy, not me, was here. Jerry. And he was beating her up. And I'm like, you don't hit women. Okay. So I intervened Ugh. and I scared him off. And of course, her nose is bleeding. He just hit her. But I'm here to help. Right. So she's listening to him give these two fake, ridiculous versions of the story. And she's yeah. like, absolutely not. He literally just punched me in the fucking face. Good for her. And the couple's like, yeah, we believe her. Yeah. Obviously. The one that's bleeding. And fucking the hey. other two things didn't make sense at all. So they call bs on his story and they say mm, you're coming with me yeah so they take them both <gasps> and they call the police nice good now police arrive at the brudos home and things kind of get tied together here because mm. they do a little search a in his room yep and they find women's shoes underwear bras and they're like well that's kind of like odd yeah and i've heard several opinions on this matter um in particular a lot of people blame the investigators for allowing him to keep these items because they were stolen okay and chalking it up to like the whole boys will be boys thing which definitely could be true and i could see why people would think that yeah but i also think that maybe there's a chance that they found those things and while they may have thought it was out of place in his room they had no proof that it was stolen right it wasn't like somebody had made reports saying hey there's a panty thief on the loose right because he's not taking so many from one person where people are really noticing and if people are noticing they might talk amongst friends but they're not reporting this right who's gonna go to the police and be like um i actually think that my favorite pair of underwear is missing and if my favorite pair of underwear are missing i'd be like my it's like my socks like you put two yeah. socks in the dryer one comes out i don't know what happened yep and that's just that's just it. I also would venture to say at this point, even if they had taken things, I mean, you can't predict the future or know what hasn't happened. But is the damage not already done? Like he's already acting on these things. Yeah. Well, and the thing is, is that like they're acting on the at least the investigators are saying, listen, there's a report that this girl was assaulted. From, you know, that supposedly fell out of the car right um on this roadway that this that we've got witnesses and her side of the story right so they're investigating that situation yeah so they find these items and whether they think they're stolen or they think he just bought them or they think he just likes to wear them whatever that's not what their focus is they're not there investigating the oregonian panty thief right they're there investigating this particular situation 
And there are items that he stole in his teenage years that he had at the time he was arrested in 1969. What? So that's where a lot of people are like frustrated that he still had them. But I would venture to say that he probably hid them. I don't think they found all of it because he had collections like this was his Uh. thing they weren't just all organized alphabetically on his bed or something like that (laughs) this wasn't that wasn't the case right they weren't like color size and shape yeah they weren't by like hue okay right this was different so i can see that side of it and maybe that's true and if it is shame on them but i don't think that it is so there's that but what they did find and what they did actually act on are the photos of that girl okay the girl that i don't have a name for and i didn't really look that hard because she was a kid at the time and i'm gonna give her that yeah but the girl who he pretended to be the cop in order to get naked and took the photos of they found those photos and they were able to find her good so then her story finally comes out good but she wasn't the one that initially reported it okay oh that also sucks but Mm -hmm. okay but he was held accountable which we love to see. So he was charged with the assault of the girl in his home and the girl that he took in his car. Mm-hmm. And he wasn't placed in juvie or anything. He was actually put in the state psychiatric hospital. Okay. And he had several evaluations and he got treatment. And he spoke openly with the staff about his thoughts, his fantasies, his desires. And you'll hear, hear, you'll hear fantasy a lot mm-hmm. in this series. But that he wanted to kidnap women and he wanted to kill them and he wanted to store their bodies in a freezer for easy access. So, like, they'd stay good and stuff, but so that he can still, like, have them. Oh, okay. Okay. Like a popsicle. Yeah, just like that. Except not at all like that. Yeah. But while he's getting this treatment, he's allowed to go to normal high school. So, he still went to his school. What the hell? Which was probably in an attempt to maintain some kind of normalcy. Give treatment on the side. He's not, they didn't think he's a threat at school, but every day after school, he had to report back to the, 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 um, psych hospital. Okay. That's wild, but okay. You know? Yeah. But the thing is, he was there eight months. Okay. Okay. At the end of that eight months though, they discharged him. All they said was that he was depressed. That was it. That he was not a danger to society he wasn't sexually deviant he had assaulted two young girls one of them he beat and they're like he's just depressed ah depression it'll get you every time you know come on and while i don't want to say that he wasn't depressed i'm sure that he could have been but that is not the primary here it seems extremely negligent at best So they release him in 1957 and off he fucks and he tried his hand at college and then he dropped out of college and then he's like, you know what I want to do? I'm going to join the army. And he did. Okay. And then once he's there, he started saying that this Korean woman was sneaking into his bunk at night trying to have sex with him. Yeah. Classic. You know. Also, find me a woman at all that was like. Jerry Brudos gets my motor running. And so much so, I don't care. Every night I'll be there. Yeah. But there were no females. I mean, this wasn't possible. And whether he was having those dreams again, 
Okay. Or he was experiencing hallucinations or was just saying it all for attention. I don't know. But it didn't make for a great time for him. This didn't make him cool. It didn't make him like one of the guys. They were kind of creeped out by him. Yeah, you don't say. And all he's talking about is this invisible Korean woman coming in and trying to fuck him. And they're all like, hey, we're all bunkmates. That didn't happen. Yeah. But he's getting mad at them saying, why didn't you like protect me from her? Like she comes in and you're there. Why aren't you doing something about it? And they're like, you can't do something about nothing. Right. But okay. So then he goes and he talks to the chaplain about it, about his frustrations, about what's happening, about how he's frustrated with the other people that are there because they're not doing anything to help him. And the chaplain's like, you need to talk with the army psychiatrist. Yeah. So the army psychiatrist sits with him and he says the same thing and all about these other things. And then they just discharge him. And they say for his, quote, bizarre obsessions. Yeah. Um. But you couldn't say these things back then. Remember, it's 1957. What the fuck? Bizarre obsessions. Okay. So after that, he moved back to Oregon. He moved back to where his family lived and they wouldn't even let him live in the house. They're like, we have a shed. Oh my god! It's got no electricity, no heat, no air conditioning. You can put a bed in it and you can rot there. Oh my gosh. But Larry, the older brother, Mm -hmm. Larry got a bedroom in the house. Of course he does. Of course he does. He's Larry. But it's fucking Jerry. So Jerry's out in the shed. You know Jerry. Yeah. In the shed. You know him, Jer Bear. Jer Bear. Out there. Which is cool. Um, And Larry's sitting pretty in the AC. But to be completely honest, he didn't mind it. I mean, sure, I don't think he was thrilled that he probably had to, like, go inside to go shit. But, I mean, he had space that was his own that nobody was going to come into. And he kind of took advantage of that. He covered all the windows with, like, sheets and, like, dark towels and things. Nobody could see in as if anybody wanted to see inside. Okay, sir. But he just made it this creepy layer that nobody was allowed to enter. Right. Like, if you even, like, went outside, he was like, don't go in my shed. Ew. And it's like, yeah, nobody wants to, like, take a step in there. Everything cracks. Like, nothing folds. Ew. Ew. Like, nobody wants it. It's a biohazard in there. Absolutely not. But he started to kind of enjoy just having the space that, while he made sure everyone knew not to go in, he was pretty confident nobody was going in. Right. So then he could display his findings, his little trophies, his whatever you want to call it. His underwear, the shoes, everything. I mean, he had these things kind of laid out. And again, it's like pitch black in there. Nobody's seeing it. Right. So here's the picture that I have um, of the Backstreet Boys. And over here is NSYNC. And over here is the pink thong from Jane Doe. But over here is like the purple hipster pair from Sammy. What the fuck? Mm -hmm. That's not room decor well in like the 1950s <laughs> the underwear was like the really high yeah. like <laughs> granny panties yeah i mean yeah. i'm sure some i mean it, hey there was still some sexiness going oh, on but yeah i mean i don't think there were like as many g-strings as there are probably <laughs> today but all of that to say he had finally this space that he didn't have to worry about getting barged in and he's like an adult now he's not a kid so his mom's not gonna do that i mean let's be honest she would if she wanted to she yeah. didn't really give a fuck but she didn't want to. Right. She didn't want to see those sheets again. Nope. She labored enough yelling at him while he washed those. Back so his a. brazen behavior continued. Yeah. He saw a woman in public wearing shoes that he really liked. Oh. And no. not just liked, like, oh, those are cute shoes. Attracted to these heels. He was like, oh, yeah, I'd like to take those shoes on a date. And 
what I don't want anyone to get confused with is that this isn't a foot fetish. Mm-hmm. He doesn't like feet and he likes feet and heels. He likes the shoes. It heels. is the object that is sexual to him. Not yeah. not the body part associated with it. Yeah. Which is different than a foot fetish. Yeah. yeah. It's a shoe fetish. But he likes her shoes. So he followed her. Okay. Just based on that. He's like, I'm going to go where those shoes go. Okay. And this is all done in broad daylight, mind you. But he came up behind her. He g- grabbed her from behind so she didn't see him. She He choked her. Oh, knocked, my God. Knocked her out and stole her shoes and ran off. Took them. Stole her shoes. Oh, my gosh. And if these things were even reported at all, so she didn't see him. It's right. not like he passed her. He didn't know like he, he came at her from the front. Right. She was walking and then she woke up shoeless. Oh my gosh. Remind me to get some uglier shoes. Terrifying. Well, yeah. and me as being five feet tall, yep. I wear heels every single day. Every day. Every day. Because I literally can't. Because if I even want to be able to reach a shelf, mm-hmm. I need to be where I need a little help there. Okay, yep. girls, y'all get it. Now, this terrifies me. Yeah. Because not only are heels, you know, like cute and i wouldn't even say heels are inherently sexy i mean some are like designed to be right kind of like risque and coupled with other things can be sexual but for me but they're not like the most comfortable or they're professional or they're whatever and honestly um you move slower in heels which is terrifying so it's like the higher the heel the slower like i can't get away as fast yeah <laughs> like ter- this is terrifying as somebody like researching these things yeah like that could have been me bless up it wasn't so he takes her shoes and he brought them back to his shed where i'm sure he did things that we can only imagine Ew. that's between him and his sheets and he kept the shoes for years okay and he would do this several times again broad daylight this wasn't he wasn't lurking in an alleyway he wasn't the ghoul like jumping out at somebody right he just would see you follow you he's kind of like this frumpy guy but he's chilling he's not like the most disgusting person you've ever seen in your life he's average just a guy you look past right grabbed her took her shoes went home and i don't know what you do if you're her and you wake up and you're like did i what happened? Did I pass out? Did I? Where Did are my nobody shoes? come to help me? Why am I barefoot now? Like this yeah. is like that's just terrifying and violating in a different way. Right. Jerry was actually pretty smart when it came to electric work and electronics. Okay. He would later go on to become an electrician, but before that, he got a job at a local news station after getting his FCC license. <laughs> okay. And he would kind of like putter around and tinker with things when needed. And there were some younger people hanging out in this place. I don't even think that they were colleagues of his, but like they hung around the radio station. And yeah, I don't know. He's like in his 20s. So he's chatting them up and everything. And long story short, one of them introduces him to the 17 year old girl named Darcy Metzler. Oh, no. And surprisingly, Jerry's spotty work history and poor social skills and history of being institutionalized for sexual deviance did little to dissuade Darcy from talking to him. Yeah, probably. And then she dated him. 
Oh no! And then Darcy's parents did not approve of their relationship. Correct, because He's they in did his not 20s. like him. But to a teenage girl, that probably made him even more attractive. Right, you're gonna piss my dad off so much. They were married in six Ugh. weeks. What? He was 22, 23-ish years old. She was 17. Oh my gosh! And she dropped out of high school to be with him. No. Yep. Girl, stay in school. Jerry had never been given any kind of positive attention from a girl. I mean, short of that older lady and that girl that was probably also eight when he was that died. But he hasn't had positive pro-social relationships with women at all. So he was over the moon with Darcy just because of that. Because she wasn't mean to him. And in the beginning, because of the satisfaction that he got just from being in the relationship itself, Mm -hmm. his preferences or his desires his fantasies took a back seat but as they settled into their routine and the polish wore off a little bit yeah they bubbled up again as they do and at first he'd asked darcy to clean the house naked that is except for a pair of high heels seems right he would require that when they were both home they were both to be naked and soon after they were married darcy became pregnant Yeah, I don't doubt it if every time you're home together, you're naked. Isn't that cold? And Darcy gave birth to a little girl that they named Megan in 1962. Okay. But their life kind of became about the baby, or at least Darcy's did. As it kind of should. Yeah. And Jerry's fantasy started to come back. He would have Darcy pose naked for him, and he would take photos of her. He would have her naked but put nylon like over her face so that her face was distorted. He would ask her other times to, in this, I can't believe, in another sentence, I can't believe is coming out of my mouth. He would ask her to ride their daughter's play tricycle naked with heels on and then had Darcy like put her breasts over the handlebars. And that was the photo. He's like, yep, that's it. Captured it. Mm -hmm." Can you describe my face right now? horrified i know pennywise who like this is gonna be my nightmare what the fuck i know and so she's got poor trike i know and then your kid goes and plays with it like did you lice all the shit out of that fucking better half or she's gonna be like this smells weird like yeah ew 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 ew. okay but darcy who now who let's say this when they met Mm -hmm. she was 17 she was shy she was awkward she was an odd woman i'm not going to pretend that at all that she was this very well adjusted pro-social typical woman and she ended up with him there was a reason why they worked at least a little bit together but now that they've been together a few years and she's got a child she's not the 17 shocked She's not the 17-year-old, shy, meek girl that she was. She's now a woman. She's a mom. And she's speaking up for herself just a little bit. Okay. Okay. That's good. I mean, not really. But she's at least saying what her opinion is, which was new. Okay. And she's like, this is weird and uncomfortable to walk around the home naked and do like sexually charged acts with a toddler in the house. Yes. Because now their daughter is getting a little bit older. Right. She's starting to have like memories like she's getting at an age where she could actually uh, recall this someday. And Jerry and Darcy walking around the house naked is not 
healthy not what they wanted yeah or at least not what she wanted he didn't give a fuck because he didn't care about his kids right it's exactly what he wanted but she's like no i mean i didn't even really want to do it before when we first got together but now we're like scarring these kids but now i don't want to do this to my daughter who might actually recall this someday and no i don't want to like pedal her trike in heels with my boobs flapped over it and like a kid's trike like my ass on the ground because it's two centimeters above it also like not for nothing but i wouldn't want my daughter to remember their dad that way nope no that's really icky that's Isn't icky, it? icky yuck yuck yeah i mean i say so that's iwi that that would not go in in my home hell no and she knew from the beginning of their relationship, their early relationship, that Jerry did like to dress in female clothing. Okay. He was aroused by provocative clothing. He was aroused by himself wearing that. He got some kind of joy out of wearing, like, female clothing. Right. And while she accepted that, at least, I don't know that she was thrilled, but she didn't want to play a role in wearing it for him. Yeah. She knew that he wanted to do that and that was fine, but she was kind of drawing a line in the sand saying, hey, listen, like, I know you want me to clean the house in heels naked, but my back hurts. We've got a child. This isn't working anymore. Nope. And if you thought that Jerry handled this well, (laughs) then I might have some skinny tea to sell you. Oh, no. Make no mistake. Jerry's fantasies had not disappeared through any of this he still had those same thoughts those same urges but they were kind of being pacified at least a little bit with darcy and the things that she had previously been willing to do Mm -hmm. but now she's putting a stop to it just like mom and he can't handle that yeah so he escalates again he's back on the field he's looking for items to steal and shoes to obsess over and he swiped them where he could and he never really stopped taking little things or being a creep because there was nothing about him that was like well adjusted seems it but it was kind of like on simmer yeah now the the heat's cranked back up again because his needs are not being met and it's all about his needs right his urges his fantasies his beliefs his wants all of those things and when he was met with any kind of adversity no matter how minuscule it was he took control in the only way he knew how violence so when darcy became pregnant again in 1967 jerry was thrilled because he had another chance at having a son remember they had a daughter yeah and as if you know history repeated itself jerry's mom really wanted a girl but had a boy Mm -hmm. he really wanted a boy well actually they had a boy well okay but when darcy went into labor she didn't notify jerry because she didn't want him present she didn't want him in the delivery room. And this was at a time where it wasn't uncommon for right. men not to be there. And there was a time where he would just wait at home and get a call that the baby was here. Right. So this wasn't the way that it is today where I think there's almost the expectation that the father is in the room. Right. Or it's like, that you're sur- it's like a, an event, like a family affair. Like you might even have several people. Like a bring, you have a son. And it's like, oh, do I have a son and do I still have a wife? Yep yeah Sick. like you get the yeah. call at work like oh baby's out oh cool swing by after like it, it wasn't what it is today so right. i i want to bring that up that it wasn't like the craziest thing in the world for him to not be there but he wanted to be there and he did not want to be there to see his child take their first breath he did not want to be there to witness yeah life he wanted to be there because he wanted to see his wife nearly split open 
giving birth and he wanted to watch the crowning. That's so gross. Another sentence I didn't think I'd say out loud in my lifetime. I mean, not that I was saying it in my head a lot, but like didn't think I was going to say these words. But here we are because this this is is what he thought. Skinny tea. It is going to make me shit, isn't it? Like my (laughs) pants. That's nasty. Well, do I have a pyramid scheme for you? (laughs) Hey, girl boss. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, girl boss. Remember when I called you a fat fuck? Well, lucky for you. Here's a skinny tea. A laxative, baby. (laughs) Oh, my. Okay. Now, again, he had this really odd fixation on being present and he was pissed off when she didn't call he found out after okay. like only after she'd had the baby held the baby in her arm she was like all right someone can call jerry i mean i'm i'm proud for her to be like yes darcy do that for you but it makes me so scared for her and uh fuck this okay all right well what i happens? don't think in my research, I don't think that he ever laid a hand on her. Okay. Or at least nothing that's reported. A lot can go on behind closed doors. We'll talk about that a lot next episode. Okay. Because don't worry. If you think this is bad, it's going to get oh so much worse. Oh, yeah. But from what I can tell from what I've looked at, it wasn't like he took his day out on her or anything like that. Okay. But there were a lot of things that were wrong. And I'm sure that he was not pleasant and I do think he was abusive probably in other ways, but at least for this, it wasn't like he went home and beat her for this. Oh, yeah. What he did do, though, is he took off for a few days when he found out because he was so pissed. Okay. He wanted to be there, found out he that he didn't get a chance to be there. And I don't even think he met his son for like a few days. Wow. Because he was like this 28-year-old man at this point, 28 years old, was a man child. And yep. he just retracted from her as punishment when she didn't obey him. Great. Good. Like when she didn't want to do those sexual things anymore, he like gave her the cold shoulder and ignored her and was like, okay, well, you're not my outlet. So something else needs to be. And wow. he would just retract and pull away and pull away. And that's exactly what he did. So their marriage had kind of dried up in the intimacy department. Yeah. So much so that Darcy was pretty much repulsed at even the thought of sex with him. Okay. Which like, is she finally waking up? I don't know. Good morning, I actually, Darcy. I actually do know she's not waking up. Oh, fuck. I'm sorry. Okay. But she did end up spending most of her free time out of the house. So okay. she spent a lot of time with friends and trying to get out. And Jerry's mother would come over and babysit because, you know, she did such a good job with him that she should be raising oh, good, the, good. Uh, more children in these formative years because she did such a solid job zero to five with him. Thanks, Gam Gam. It's really yeah. cool. Yeah. Oof. So... Jerry and his mom never had a good relationship. I mean, from childhood to the end, it's was not come back from that. Was not good. Yeah, and he still hated the woman, but he still let her play a role in his kids' lives, and not just any role, but like he, she was present, like she was there a lot. And I'm sure that yeah. it wasn't like because she loved her grandbabies so much. Maybe <laughs> it was. Maybe it was because there was a granddaughter, right? And she could just live vicariously oh, through fair. that. True. But she would be there. But it was also at this time that Jerry was shocked with 480 volts of electricity when he accidentally touched a live wire. Um, And apparently it shot him across the room. Okay. And he didn't go to the hospital for this. Oh, why would you do that? But it happened. And so he likes to say like, oh, this is the pivotal point in my life where now I wanted to kill people. 
But the thing was, is he was violent and doing all of these fucked up things and escalating before this. So shock or no shock, it didn't change that. If you're fantasizing about locking or like trapping a girl in a tunnel and hearing her screams, this I I just don't think this is that moment. I I, mean, I believe I he had that so. moment, but but I think that moment was when he was I'd like be three. Shocked if this was that moment. But he had, there were so many events that you can't say, like, this is the one and only thing. Because it's never right. really one and only thing. It's a, it's several big moments with a bunch of smaller, really awful moments around it. Right. And it's layered with, like, a slathering of humiliation and shame and also, like, mommy issues. Severe. And it's yeah. not like his dad was like, it's all right, champ. Want to go play catch in the backyard? Yeah. Like that, it wasn't like his dad was like his, you know, his number one fan. It was like neither of his parents gave a shit. Right. And in turn, it it was like they passed the torch and he didn't give a shit about his kids. Yeah. Fuck. So anyway, he says that getting electrocuted was the point that he's like, oh, yes, well, this is when I decided to murder instead of assault people. And it's like, that isn't founded. Okay, Jerry Bear. But I will say that that is what he said. Okay. And still in 1967, at 28 years old, Jerry escalated yet again. Okay. This time after a discussion with Darcy in which she refused yet another odd request of his, he was on the hunt to satisfy his fantasy. This time he saw a woman wearing shoes that he liked. Oh no, red flag. As he does, which is like, you probably should have just walked around wearing Crocs and you would have been safe because nobody thinks those are cute. Oh, okay, good. Then I'm doing something right. Comfy as hell, but like no one's like, those are so Oh, hot. high fashion. Like, do you have them in sport mode or are you in like lazy, relaxed mode? <laughs> like, you know what Sexy I'm saying? Sexy little ankle peeking out the back. But anyway, Ugh. he sees this woman wearing shoes that he likes and it's all about the shoes and he followed her home. This is an escalation. He's never followed anyone home. He might have followed them around in the street or something and choked them out. But now he's following her to her house. Mm-hmm. And he's this big, like, man with red hair, freckles. Like, he doesn't stand out like a sore thumb in a crowd, but he's also, like, a big dude. So Right. He's hard to miss. But he can certainly, like, if he wants to throw you around or, like, hold you down, he can probably do that. Right. And... He's waiting outside her house, slinking around as he does, and he waits for all the lights to go off, which is kind of his cue that she's in bed. Ew. And I believe that she lived alone. Ugh. And he broke in her home. And once he broke in, he went into her bedroom. And I can't imagine how terrified she was, but he strangled her. He choked her out, strangled her until she passed out. And he might have thought that he killed her. But it was while she lay there limp and seemingly lifeless that he accidentally found the missing puzzle piece. Seeing her limp body was the ultimate of all of his fantasies. Oh. So while she's passed out, he raped her, mm. he stole her shoes, mm. and he disappeared. And we're going to put a little pin there because I want to break down... Some diagnostic talk here because we are still moving up our staircase. Jesus. Fuck. So now he's figured out that a woman limp, not moving, unable to fight back, but a real woman, a real person, not a sex doll, not a mannequin, not anything, not a blow up, anything, not pornographic, whatever, an actual 
Human. Human. Yeah. Unable to move, not moving, not fighting, was his end-all be-all. Ugh. And he did this by accident. Again, he probably thought he killed her because he choked her out and she stopped moving. And I think a lot of people, not that I have like a lot of experience in choking anybody out. In fact, (laughs) I've never done that. Fun fact. Yay. Put a finger down if... No, I'm just kidding. Ghost of the year. But I guess people can stay knocked out for a while before they regain consciousness so you might think that you've killed them like there's very shallow breathing and if you're not like checking for a pulse or something like that you might just get it wrong right so he's thinking that she's dead or thinking that she might be or is on her way to dying and this was the most aroused he's ever been in his entire life so couple things yeah. There is no evidence to suggest that Derry Brutus was chan- transgender or that he wanted to be female at all. Yep. The DSM-5, which is the most up-to-date manual of mental disorders, um, would probably categorize him as having transvestic disorders, what they would likely call that. Okay. And that includes the recurrent and intense sexual arousal from cross-dressing. Yeah. Um, and that these urges and behaviors cause significant distress or impairment in their lives. And this certainly has changed the entire dynamic of Jerry Brudos's life. Seemingly. And it's actually, I found this interesting, highly unlikely for a, a female to experience this. Yeah. That rarely do women dress in what are traditionally men's clothing and feel aroused by this. And while it's very rare that a man would too... It's more common for a man than a woman. Right. Actually, less than 3% of men experience this. So it is really rare. Yeah. And I get, I geek out over all like the psych stuff. I don't nearly get into it the way that you do because, well, you're so much better at it than I am. But I did do a lot of research, trust me. And I read a lot. And it's really small print in my DSM-5. Yeah, they're tiny. Also, I I just did it as a major. That's all. (laughs) Well, there's that. (laughs) But most commonly, people who have this are heterosexual men. Right. So they don't want to be women and they don't want to have sex with men, but they are aroused by the act of dressing like a woman. Yep. And most likely the first signs of this appear in childhood. Check. And, and they have this strong fascination with certain items of women's attire. Check. And for prepubescent boys, it produces feelings of excitement and pleasure. Check and check. Right. But then during and after puberty, it's like accompanied by the sexual excitement. So you're like still fascinated and pleased with it but then there's the sexual element that just gets added but it's not like those other feelings go away okay so check and check check and check but the desire to cross-dress can either be constant or it can reappear periodically throughout life so it can kind of like ebb and flow come and go and for a lot of these people life is pretty normal right there's like a fucking friends episode about someone phoebe dating just like wearing women's underwear I mean, it can happen and not be deviant and it can happen and not be antisocial the way oh, this absolutely. is. Oh, absolutely. And the thing is, is like in order for this to be a disorder, the the reason why it's just because it's not a disorder to wear that. Right. It's a disorder. And I want to make that clear that I'm not saying like, oh, you are like, it's not that. But what it is saying is that if this is interrupting your daily life, every aspect of your life is infringed upon right by these acts and by this urge and this need to do that then that is a disorder that is a problem because it is interfering with the very day-to-day life that you would be living otherwise right you can't function as properly 
And so this can go into remission. It can go into all of this. And so not everybody who cross-dresses has transvestic disorder. It's just that he definitely does because it absolutely negatively impacted his life. Right. And Jerry also likely has fetishistic disorder, which is like very difficult to say. Yeah. Where he's sexually aroused by non-sexual body parts or non-sexual items. Yep. Yeah, I'd say yes. Yeah. So check and check, right? Check and check. So all of these things, but it's a disorder because it's negatively impacting his life. He's literally acting on these urges and these impulses and he's violent as a result of all of these things that he's left unchecked for his entire life. And we'll also discuss this later, but he fits this criteria even further because he's aroused by non-living objects, right? We've just talked about this. Yes. He's thinking that she's dead, but he is the most aroused he's ever been thinking that she's not alive. Oh, God. He was also aroused by feeling the fabric of women's clothing, like rubbing different fabrics together and things like that, which is not a typical curious sexual kink that people have, but it was all built into this like fetish that he has oh my god i just love the feeling of linen on cotton oh there are some things that give me the ick if they rub together like you know like like corduroy against like a velcro forget about it i hate velvet like it's a very it's a sensory ick you know so i yeah you know there are things like that but there's this sexual arousal that he's feeling with even just rubbing these together and right This brief little blip you've heard is not exhaustive and we're not speaking in exacts, only majorities, right? Many people will feel X. It's more likely they'll experience this in adulthood or childhood or start here or there. I'm not talking in exacts and I haven't like seen it written out that these are the things that he's diagnosed with. But I mean, I'm pretty sure, you know, not that we use the DSM-5 to diagnose people. This is just informational. Yep. Just for funsies. But all of that to say that these are the general categories that he likely fits into. But the vast majority of other people in these are not violent, not dangerous, not bad, not criminal, not anything. Yeah, most of the time people who have mental health are not dangerous or violent. If anything... They're typically dangerous to themselves and not other people. More of a risk to themselves than to right. others. And sometimes that risk to themselves can put other people in danger. Right. But, but we look at, like, we always talk about the worst of the worst and the worst circumstances and the worst everything. So, of course, you know, in the last 90-something episodes you've just heard, it's like, well, it seems like it would be pretty bad. But, of course, we're focusing on the worst of it. But right. that to say that he definitely fits these things because it interrupts the very life he could have lived. and he doesn't get it so that was just my brief little like psychology corner yay back to the crime Ooh, okay seeing her limp body was the turn on and he found out by accident yeah what he desired most of all was a dead woman and this fits into the necrophilia fetish because yeah you know dead (laughs) <laughs> so that'll do it you and yeah. it again still lends credit to our fetishistic disorder theory yeah um but it was with this crime that this all came together for him and if we think back to our powerpuff girls analogy this was the chemical x Ooh. okay this was like the last thing that was added and it tied in the sexual appeal of the shoes and the clothing and the desire to dress himself up and another person. And now he's realized that what he ultimately wants is a dead woman to dress up and use as a sex doll. Uh. 
Because, you see, a dead woman has it all. Yeah. He can be in charge and powerful. He decides what happens and he decides when it happens. He decides what she wears, how she poses, and how many pictures he can take. Ew. A dead woman is not going to judge him. She's not going to nag, berate. An amazing listener. She's not going to belittle. She's not going to scold him. She's not going to humiliate him. And he has never had all of these things with a real woman. And he's discovered that if he wants those things, he needs to take those things. And a dead body doesn't have needs that he can't meet or expectations that he's inevitably going to fall short on. Oh, he's not a disappointment after he's killed someone. And they don't have opinions or thoughts or feelings that he has to accommodate or pretend to compensate for or pretend to even give a shit. Damn. So his fantasies shifted from living women to dead ones. And he daydreamed about keeping a dead woman in a freezer (sighs) and taking them out whenever he wanted to play and just put them back when he was done. And with this most recent victim, again, he probably thought he killed her. Thankfully, he didn't, but it was enough. Yeah. The next victim was not as lucky. Oh. And now Jerry Brudos has entered his most dangerous era, right? The, the, the highest escalation, the worst he can be. Oh, he's in his killer era. Stop. Sorry. <laughs> it's awful. So we're going to talk about Linda Slauson. Okay. On January 26th, 1968, Linda found herself on Jerry's street. Oh, no. Linda was 19 years old. Oh, God. 19. She was the fourth of six kids. So she had three sisters, two brothers. Okay. She was living in Portland, Oregon with her mom and her brothers at the time. And she was employed through a company that sold encyclopedias. Okay, that's cute. And she sold them door to door. Oh. And she would also... Like, go and deliver orders and have conversations with buyers and things like that. I mean, she was a saleswoman. She was kind of going back and forth. And on this particular day, January 26th, it was raining. It was kind of cold out. Burr, yeah. And she had plans to meet with a customer. But she had written the address down in a piece of paper, but the paper had gotten wet. So the numbers had smudged a little bit. Uh, And so she didn't know the exact house that she was going to. Okay. So then she saw a man standing outside. And she's like, oh, do you know? And he's like, yeah, that's me. Um, I wanted to buy. Actually, yeah, your point was with me. Why don't you come on over here? Oh, no. And that man was Jerry Brudos. Yeah. Jerry was not the customer that she was supposed to meet. Jerry had never spoken with her over the phone. But he saw his opportunity and he took it. It literally fell into his lap. Oh, my gosh. And had it not been raining that day and had the paper not gotten wet or had it not gotten wet in that spot, Linda Lawson might still be alive. Oh, gosh. But that's not what happened. So she sees him. He played along. He seized this opportunity and he claims to be that person. Yeah, you were due to meet me. And why don't you come over? And is it okay if we actually talk in the basement? Because my mom's upstairs watching the kids and the kids are taking a nap and I don't want to wake them up. Ugh, no, it's not. No, it's not. No, it's not. But there's a, a feeling of safety. You probably feel like, oh, there's like kids inside. There's a and woman like, inside. There's your mom inside. Maybe she's making cookies. You know, I think she's probably the sweet old grandmother. Huh. No. Fuck. Okay. So Linda says, okay. So he brings her into the basement. And well, as soon as she got in there, he's decided that he's going to kill her. He is going to finally have what he wants oh my gosh this is not the leap of faith that you need to be taking right now jerbear i 
Once she was inside, he hit her over the head with a two by four. And that knocked her to the ground. Ugh, okay. And then he got on top of her and he strangled her to death. He really likes the hands-on approach, doesn't he? It's like the only thing he knows how to do is brute force. Yeah. And just, he's such a big guy that he, he just can. And she was 19 and she was tiny. She was a cute thing. And I tried and tried and tried to find as much information on her as I could. And I just feel like with it being an older case and with the times just being different that you couldn't just find everything about somebody and that this wasn't advertised and the family was yeah terrified for a lot of years and we'll talk about why maybe that was okay but anyway he's killed her in the basement his mom and the kids really are upstairs oh my god he wasn't lying about that so he tucks linda's body under the stairs and then he goes into the house and he asks his mom to take the kids out for food i think it was like cheeseburgers or something he says like go get them lunch or something like that and okay so she did and then he's alone in the house and he's like excited to have alone time with his new toy Ew. and i just picture him like like creeping down the stairs you know with like the vampire hands almost <laughs> like the do, mm-hmm. do, 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 like just like a cartoonish like excited knees, to go down like yeah. as if he's got a toy but it's not a toy it's the woman he killed oh my gosh okay and just as he got down there he heard footsteps upstairs again and he's like okay just got rid of my mom and the kids who the fuck is that well, apparently Jerry had a friend. Oh. Which is like in and of itself is a feat. Yeah. But he had a friend that he had given a key to the home to because they were such good friends. And apparently okay. that friend just let himself in and was like, hey, like, want to hang out? No. It's like, you want to like watch porn and smoke weed and you know what I mean? Like, you're just GTA. like, so you, yeah, you just want to like yeah. play video games? Oh my gosh. So. Jerry goes back upstairs and he's like, hey, pal, what's going on? And he's trying not to seem too eager to go back downstairs because Jerry is not nervous. He has no feelings. He just murdered a woman. He killed a beautiful young girl. He doesn't give a shit, but he is just eager to go downstairs. Any emotion that he's feeling is excitement to go there, not, oh, shit, what did I do? Right. So the friend's like, you want to hang out? And he's like, well, I'm like... A little busy, so he just makes up an excuse as to why now is a bad time when the guy left. So then he goes back downstairs, and now he's finally alone with Linda's body. He's gotten everybody out. He's lied. He's No one's alerted to like, oh, this is weird, and why does he want everyone to leave so bad? It's because he's played it off so well. Oh, my gosh. He's like a kid on Christmas. So now he's alone with Linda's body where he could do what he wanted. This is his ultimate fantasy, his ultimate dream. He stripped her body naked. And he fetched some lingerie from his collection. Because now, years have gone by and he's got lots to choose from. Ew. And he dressed her up and then he would take it off and put on like a different outfit and kind of like put her body in certain positions. And he was so upset that he couldn't photograph it because he didn't have film. But he wanted something... To remember it by. Oh my gosh. Okay. So he opted for cutting off her foot with a hacksaw and keeping it in the freezer. It's okay. You don't have to say anything. Um, yeah, it's okay. Right or left? I I didn't ask. <laughs> yeah, I. that's that's the only thing I can... Wow. Okay. 
But the reason he took the foot wasn't because he was into feet. It was because he wanted the foot to model his favorite shoes. Yeah. It was like you could have you could have walked into some fucking shoe store. Yeah. Like been like, achoo, oops, and like broken the leg off a mannequin, taken that home, and that I mean, no one would need to know. No, that'd be between you and Manny Quinn, you know? And that's it. And that's it. Manny Quinn. I mean, who who oh. else? You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's fine. But that's not what he did. He cut her foot off. For Jerry, remember, it's the the object that he's using to display the shoe. Right. And he kept the severed foot in the freezer for safekeeping. Okay. And he loaded Linda's body into his car around 2 a.m. So I guess Uh. the next morning. But he had it for like the afternoon and night. Ew. Okay. He drove to a nearby bridge. Yeah. He, and he pulled over and he set up a jack and some tools to make it look like he was changing a flat. Mm-hmm. But he tossed the body over the side of the bridge with a car motor attached to it to weigh it down. Okay. And after that, he drove home happily. It was a job well done. And months later, he also disposed of the severed foot because it had served its purpose and he was looking for... You know, newer newer and better things for sure. And Mm. he got rid of the foot too. None of her remains were ever found. Oh my gosh. And so part of me wonders if the family didn't have so much out there about her for a while because they didn't know she was dead. I mean, they, they thought something bad had happened to her. Her car had been, I think she had parked at a bus station and taken a bus to Jerry's neighborhood. And that's where she had been like walking around. Gotcha. So it wasn't like her car was outside his home. Right. But it didn't necessarily look like it had been abandoned and that she had tried to leave it there. Right. Gotten out. Like a lot of her stuff was still in it. She was, it was a work day for her. She just didn't get back in the car. So for years, her parents just didn't know. And that's awful. It wasn't until Jerry was caught and admitted it because, again, there was no photos that he took of her because he didn't have film. Mm-hmm. There was no body they could find to identify her. There just there just wasn't anything. Mm. And unfortunately, Linda Slauson was not the only beautiful, innocent young woman to fall victim to Jerry Brudos. But that is where we will pick back up you for part two. Mother. Mm. I know. I have to wait a week too. I know, but it That's is the one of the most disturbing, disgusting, vile. That is literally rancid. I'm nauseous. And for what? For what? Why? Why did he? You know what I mean? Can like, he just fucking get an American Girl doll? Like, what's so wrong? Fuck it, get a blow up doll. What is so wrong with that? You can put your lingerie on her squeaky ass. And he accidentally found out what it was that he was looking for. And sure, he, like, as a kid, had fantasized about, like, ooh, trapping a girl in a tunnel. And, ooh, wouldn't it be cool if she died? And, oh, what if she died? And, oh, what if this happened? But he had never really actually thought he was going to do that. Right. And then he thinks he kills a woman when he strangles her and she just passes out. And he's like, oh, my God, Eureka, I found it. This is what I wanted Uh to do. Like it was of life. It was his aha moment. Except it was, like, the worst, most detrimental thing he could have ever thought. What the fuck, dude? This is so bad. What the fuck is right? Yeah. 
there is really no other way to end this than to just thank you all for <laughs> sticking around. And if you thought part two was going to be much better, you are very sadly mistaken and I am very sorry. I promise I'm not stretching this out over more than just two episodes. Yeah, that's probably We good. threw a lot at you. I think it'll probably be worth like a double listen or something like yeah. that because there's just a lot of information there. If you can stomach it, I completely get it. If you can't, thank you for sticking around. We love you very much. We thank you so much. So, so much. For being on this very fun journey with us. Thanks for riding the ride with me. Um, you guys can unbuckle now. Thank you. Wow. Uh, well, we're going to get prepped for round two next week. But um, damn, if you need something to take your blood pressure down, consider looking at our Instagram at about time for true crime pod with periods in between every word. So that's a B O U T period T I M E period F O R period T R U E period C R I M E period P O D because podcast was too long. And on there, not only will you see this nasty fuck, you will also see all sorts of memes and reprieves and cute little pod pets that might just, um, get rid of this nasty, nasty feeling in my stomach right now. And I will see you there because I'll be there. But if you wanted to send us your reactions, your thoughts, the uh, advice your therapist gave you after they brought all this to them, you could your email pod us. Pets, we love to see your pod pets. Oh, yeah. I have an entire folder of pod pets and I just like like to post them periodically and it, it, it boosts my little mood. And yeah. again, if you want to have a good laugh or have something wholesome, check out the reprieve highlight. We've got a ton of resources for mental health. You name it. We have it on there. Screenshot them. Send them to a friend. If you don't need it, maybe your friend does. Yeah. We don't get notified. We have no idea when you look at them, save them, send them to somebody. None of it. So if you're worried about that, please don't be. Nope. They're there for you. They're there for a reason. They're not there for us. Correct. Um, but if you did want to email us and you wanted to send us a fun, happy, cute little story, like where do you where do you listen to podcasts? Where are you when you're listening to a podcast? Because yeah. I am pretty much doing everything throughout my day. I love to clean my house listening to a podcast. It's like I can't do it without listening to something. <laughs> so I may as well be listening to something that intrigues me. Right. That's just my fun thing. And I also like doing it when I'm doing my makeup because I just get in the zone. Heck yeah. I don't know why. Don't ask. But I will say that we want to hear from you. We'd love it if you sent us an email. We'd love to hear your case recommendations, your opinions, your thoughts on what we talked about today, what we talked about last week or the week before, or any of the other friggin' hundred episodes, because y'all know we got lots of them now. Heck yeah. And uh, if you want to email us, you would do that to about time, the number four, TC at gmail.com. So that's A-B-O-U-T-T-I-M-E, numeric four, TC at gmail.com. And until next week, thank you so much for being here. We will see you again. But if I do look at my clock, that was about time for true crime. Bye. Bye. Dude, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs>